everybody. Welcome to the top 10 games for 2018 by yours truly. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different style for me, at least over the last couple years. The last, I think, two years I just did like a straight top 10, where in years past I kind of broke things up into more relevant categories and things like that. So I'm very excited. This has been a very good year for gaming, at least for me. And so I've broken things into five categories. And I'm going to kind of have like two from each category, but with like a third and then like an honorable mention, which I'll talk briefly about. Then I'm also going to mention five games at the very end, if you care that much, about games that have a 2018 release date that I've had a chance to try or play that I really liked, uh, but that are actually not out yet, uh, at least in the United States and sometimes everywhere. Uh, so we're going to break through all of that. So it's going to go through five categories. The last category, that's going to be where my number one game of the year is from. And that's the game that I'm going to be giving away. So no spoilers there. Uh, so just to kind of give you a sheer, a sense of the sheer amount of overwhelming amount of games. Board Game Geek did about 300 videos from just Essen. So forget Gen Con, Origins, all the other conventions. Just Essen. 300 videos covering all that stuff. That was only a third or fourth. I think that was a fourth of all the Essen releases. So there's about 1,200 Essen releases. And they just, they just had a chance to cover just the 300. So if you ask, like, where is this in your top 10? You know, how come you do on this game? It's like, well, can I play 4,000 games? <laughs> like, not even the Dice Tower. We'll play 4,000 games, right? So this is just, you know, different styles of gaming and stuff like that. So if you are interested in, like, certain casual games, more strategy games, miniature games, that kind of stuff, hopefully you can find something you like out of this if you haven't already heard of some of these. Now, most of these I've done videos on. Uh, some of them I haven't. I've only mentioned them like on the podcast that I do every month. Uh, and the reason is probably because I've played it a lot more since the time that I initially played it. And might have uh, slotted into like a really good month where I had a, kind of a lot of, of games to play and that I wanted to play. And I only got to video one or two of those. And then some of the others might have uh, sort of bubbled up again over time. So let's jump into the first category. This is going to be like your fun party game, casual game. You can get a big group. Uh, it's a more socially oriented. And the honorable mention is Decrypto. And that is a very interesting word game. I would highly recommend everybody uh, take a look at that one. Uh, it's kind of like a weird sort of gamery sort of code names kind of vibe. I talked a little bit about on a several podcasts ago. Uh, but so the number three in this category, which is just barely below the top two, this is Chronicles of Crime. This is a recent play. Really enjoyed this. This is very much an app-driven kind of detective game. Uh, I highly recommend this game. And honestly, this one with the other two, it's very, very tight. A lot of these categories are very tight in terms of like where I could rank them. I could easily slip this one into the top one or two. I think this is only number three right now because I've only had a chance to play it a couple of times. And, you know, it's relatively new, so I didn't feel like I should push it up over some of these others. So definitely take a look at this one and Decrypto. Those are kind of my two honorable mentions. So the number two for this category is Just One. I did a review of this a couple of weeks ago. This is a simple word game. It's, uh, you know, everybody writes down a word to try to give the person whose turn it is a clue to the one word of the card that they can't see. Uh, it's really, really interesting. It kind of reminds me of an old uh, sort of family game, mass market game from I think the 80s or 90s called Scattergories. And it kind of turns that into more of a cooperative style game. Uh, really, really fun game. This one has just been a blast. And it could easily have been uh, my number one for this category, which happens to be Cryptid. 
this one I think is something very, very special, honestly, and this is one I kind of considered putting at the top game of the year, to be honest, uh, because what this is, is so it's a deduction game. You have like a, a, a treasure or a monster that everybody's trying to find, right? You're trying to find the cryptid. And everybody has one clue to where it is, and you kind of ask each other questions, and you answer that, and you mark this board with uh, cubes and discs and so on. And then you have to then at some points try to do like an explore action or a search action and then try to say this is the spot and then everybody will answer if it's legal for them. The thing I really like about this is it tends to emphasize sort of that gut feeling, that sort of impulsive type of activity, whereas a lot of other deduction games, it's very sort of linear and, you know, very methodical and procedural duh, 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 to mark this off, check this off, check this off, which is that's great, but it's also kind of boring. Whereas this, you got to take like a little bit of a risk to win the game because of the way the turn order works. You're like, okay, I know if I don't get it this time, Billy to my left is probably going to get it. So I've got to take a little bit of a risk and ask, and then that will sort of unfold. So I like that. It adds that kind of pressure and tension to it, which it should be a very, very dry game. But then that kind of aspect elevates it to be uh, very tense and social, and there's a lot of banter and stuff like that. So that's number one out of that kind of social category, Cryptid. Now, the next group is a very, very weird group. So these are uh, games that I can't really put... I mean, you can categorize them, but I don't really have enough games from any of these categories, but I think they're all kind of weird and quirky in their own way that I just kind of grouped them in a kind of miscellaneous category. So the honorable mention for that is going to be Fog of Love, right? Which is a cooperative, um, you know relationship simulation sort of game where you play cards and you sort of score points, but that's not really the point. The point is the kind of the story that you tell with you and your partner about how this relationship unfolds over time. Really fascinating. My wife and I have played it several times and she really enjoys it and I really enjoy playing it with her. I think it's it's fun because you know I'm playing it with my partner and I think it would also be fun to play with not necessarily a stranger, but uh, just somebody that isn't your partner that could also be, have an interesting dynamic. Uh, so I definitely recommend Fog of Love. So that's kind of the honorable mention. The second kind of honorable mention that's right up there is Wildlands. And this, this I put this in the, in the kind of weird miscellaneous category because, yeah, it's a miniature skirmish game. So you could kind of put it in a miniature category or maybe like an Ameritrash category because there's a lot of combat and fighting. It's got that very sort of Hollywood summer blockbuster type of vibe in terms of the theme. But it has this really intricate... Uh, very discreet card play, let's call it, because you have to really manage these hands of cards and keep counters and all these things possible so you'd be driving stuff around. So we did a, a tabletop showcase on this. I did the painting video. Um, I would definitely go watch Matt Evans' board game replay to get a real sense about the, the lot of depth that is in this game. Uh, it's just a very wonky, different kind of game. It's just, uh, designed by Martin Wallace. It's just not really like anything I've seen him do. Um, but I definitely uh, recommend folks take a look at this. So the top two from this strange category. So right now we've got Fog of Love and Wildlands. I know Wildlands is a little bit of a stretch because you could fit this in some of the other categories. Uh, but it's just wonky enough that I wanted to put it in this category. Uh, so the number two, anyway, is The Mind. This is coming over from Pandasaurus Games. And this is a very weird game. Uh, I didn't do a video review of this one. I know there's tons out there. This uh, this is a game where you don't really talk, but you can you can kind of make emotions and make faces and grunts and things. 
Um, and you can maybe talk a little bit, but you're not really supposed to give away the cards that you have in your hand. And you're supposed to play these cards in numerical order. Everybody gets a bunch of cards and they go one to a hundred. And then you just start playing cards without really telling anybody about the cards in your hand. And then you, if you don't play it in the right order, like if you play before somebody else's card, you get penalized. So anyway, there's a ton of videos on this. It's fantastic fun. It's just ridiculous fun. I played this, I don't know, dozens of times now at conventions, at game night, it's filler. We played at lunch a little bit. And uh, this is a high recommendation for me, really high. It just kind of, don't take like the rules as serious. Kind of, this is open to house ruling and stuff. And I talked a lot about it in the podcast where I talked about this, about how you can kind of manipulate the rules for your group to make it fun, basically, probably for no matter what group you have. Not, not everybody likes this, but I love it. That's the mind. So the number one is tricky because it's going to be this big box. Uh, so inside this box, I have a bunch of Warhammer Champions cards. So this is a new CCG that just come out this year, and it has an app that goes with it. Uh, I've got so I've, I've got two booster boxes, and I got all the starters from. Uh, well, I got those from uh, Play Fusion, and uh, so I I've really gotten into this game, like way into it. Now, granted, I've got like hundreds and hundreds of plays on the app, and probably about a dozen at most in real life. So most of the plays have been on the app. Although, hey, I mean, I'm down to play this in real life anytime. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonder. This game is, this is another one, along with Cryptid. All of these kind of tops of categories. Yeah, all of the tops of each of these categories were right in my game of the year running. Uh, this one was certainly there. Uh, the way that you, the thing that's cool about this, you get the cards, you can scan the cards into the app. So now you own the cards in the app and you can use those in the decks and you can play the decks online. The app also has uh, like sort of raids and campaigns that you can go on. You can play against really hard, well, sort of, once you get good at the game, they're not as hard, but they're difficult AI decks that kind of cheat and start with some bonuses before you start playing even. And so on. So you can go through like these campaigns and you get bonus rewards and unlock achievements and all this stuff. And then it has like a ranked ladder uh, system where you can play online and kind of rank up. So the thing that's really cool is I can go play in the deck there and then like build the deck out of these cards and go play and tweak and stuff. And then I've just get, getting, you get rewarded with like cards and cards and cards online. Like I haven't spent a single cent on the app. And I have like so many cards and things just from playing lots of games and doing the daily missions and stuff. But you can play all that online and you can make your deck in real life and then take that and play it. So you can kind of like practice with this one. I have this one chaos deck that I really like. And I must have played that deck like, oh, I don't know. I'd have to go check. Probably a hundred times. Close to that. So now I can like, oh, I'm going to go build this deck here because I'm starting to do really good with it. And now I've got this deck that I can play with people. And just the whole ecosystem of everything, uh, the social interaction and all that stuff. There's very, very active forums and, and a couple of uh, fan sites and stuff. And the gameplay is just it's so good. Like I've just become so overwhelmed with how much I really do enjoy the gameplay. Uh, I did the review of it some time ago and I was like, this is very good. I'm intrigued to see how this will turn out. Now we're into its second set and you're really starting to see lots of layers of depth in terms of strategy and gameplay. And honestly, it's starting to really remind me of Necromunda where you have uh, the way that the metagame kind of works and you have these champions out and sort of like these different lanes, which is sort of like you could go and sort of try to, you know, hack the different, uh, good. I've been so long since I played Netrunner, like hack the different lanes and the different ice and stuff. So in a sense, your brain kind of starts to work that way. You're like, oh, he's got these champions out. So he's probably playing a deck like this because I've seen this a few times. 
And so you start to, even the placing the champions at the beginning and starting to organize, okay, well, I'm going to hopefully play a lot of spells down this lane because they're going to get some bonuses because of these things. It's just a lot going on. And I've played some very cool decks on going up the ladder on the, in the kind of the competitive stuff. And I'll play like, oh, he's just playing that Gordrak deck that I've always seen. But he plays it way differently because once you get up the ladder, like people are really exploring how to play the decks. You're not just piloting on autopilot based on sort of the, you know, the normalcy of the competitive play. And it he like he just well, he just drew cards for like the first three rounds, and I'm like I'm in trouble <laughs> because like he's setting up some trap for me. So it's, anyway, so lots of layers to that. That's Warhammer Champions, and so the next uh, category here. See if I can pull these over without spoiling what's in here is going to be, uh, this is like a purely miniatures game. So this is all miniature style games, which Wildlands could fit in, but the card playing stuff kind of kicks it out of that pure miniature stuff. So the honorable mention for this is the Edge Dawnfall, which I think that just went back up on Kickstarter for the second time. And if you missed out on it, definitely take a look at it. It's a huge package. I did a, a big video review on it. You get lots and lots of miniatures. It's kind of like a accelerated Warhammer Underworld Shade Spire type of vibe. But the box that you get gives you like seven teams, there's giant narrative campaigns. The gameplay is super solid, super fun. It's just it's just a massive endeavor. Now you're gonna spend a, a decent amount of change to get into it, but from what I've seen, it's worth it. This is like the best example of kind of the overwrought, over-the-top Kickstarter is the Edge Dawnfall. Awaken Realms in general. Uh, I've liked most of the stuff that they've put out, and they really do uh, kind of cross the T's and dot the I's with all the stuff, and they add just all this extra bonus stuff, and it's super fun. So that's the Edge Dawnfall. And then the number three is Gaslands, and this is the book. So if you're not seeing this, this is just a miniatures game. You can get this book. What's the cover? It covers 19 bucks, but I've seen this for like 12 bucks on Amazon. You get this. You get some Matchbox or Hot Wheels cars. And you're ready to play basically like kind of a Mad Max or Death Race style miniatures game with those Hot Wheels cars. Super fun. Now, technically, this came out at the end of 2017. But again, it came out at the very end. I think we didn't see it here until December. Uh, they had like a small run, I think, that sold out very quick in the fall. And then they sold out a bunch more. And then I didn't get around to playing it until this year. So it came out right at the end of 2017. This is it. If you're, you're like... I want to get into a miniatures game, and, but I don't want to build miniatures, I don't want to paint, I don't do all this stuff, you know, but I'm a board gamer, the miniature stuff, this is easily, just get this. You're going to spend 10, 15 bucks on the book. Go to a local dollar store or any kind of toy store or Toys R Us if those are still around, I don't think, I think they're gone now, but get up a bunch of Matchbox or Hot Wheels things. You can fill out and say which guns are on there. You can get into like modifying the cars and gluing little 40K guns on the cars and painting them up and smashing them up if you want. Or you can just use the cars and then, you know, set up a little three by three space and then play through a race and stuff. It's super fun. The system is very, very cool. It uses kind of like an X-Wing template movement style system. It's just a blast. And uh, the other thing is if you're into like 40K or something like this, uh, and especially if you have that new Speed Freaks game, uh, I want to get that Speed Freak scene, which is like uh, scaled up to the 28 millimeter, and you play on a 6x4 table, and you can use the bikes and the tanks from 40K, and you can use some of those cool cars, um, and then you can get scaled up templates. So if you already have like a lot of that stuff, like you have a 40K army or two or something, and your buddies do, you can pick this up and just kind of trick out the cars, and you're going to probably have guns and machine guns on them anyway, 
and you can just play on a normal six foot by four table, use all that terrain that you already have that's to the right scale, and then get that. So this is just like, it's great for people that have been playing miniatures forever and for new people. Uh, so that's Gaslands. And so now, kind of my top two for this is, and I'll, I'll just kind of summarize my top 10, but it won't be in order except for number one. <laughs> uh, so my number two for the miniatures category is going to be Kill Team. And these two, this number two and number one, again, in this category, I could have interchanged them. Now, Kill Team is amazing. I've had a chance to play this several times over the years, over the year, and it's a small skirmish 40K game. You can go get a new Kill Team for 35, 40 bucks, and you get the box, you can tweak, you know, trick them out as you want, and then somebody has to have the rule book, of course. You can go get this starter set. Starter set doesn't look like it's available, and I don't know that it's going to stay in print. Uh, you might just have to go get the rule book and then go back, buy the Death Watch Kill Team book or whatever you want to buy, or go buy the Thousand Sons uh, Marines. I think it sounds like $35 for that, and you got more than you need for a basic game of Kill Team, and then you get the book and stuff. Uh, it's really fun. It's a very, very solid uh, rule system. I talked a lot about it in my video. I'm going to try to do some battle reports of this. I've done some Age of Sigmar battle reports this year. I'd like to do some of these for Kill Team. Um, the system is so interesting. So this is kind of the takeaway with that is most miniatures games are going to be I do everything and then you do everything. So I, I move all my guys, shoot, fight, and then you do all that for the round. Or they're going to be kind of, uh, uh, you know, intermittent activation. So I'll move a guy, do something, or a unit, and do something, and then you will choose another one. And you'll kind of work down an initiative order, or you'll just kind of choose. So it's kind of the back and forth. This is the hybrid of that. So you're going to, each side is going to move, I'm going to move everything, and then you're going to move everything. And then we're going to take turns one at a time shooting, and then one at a time fighting after the shooting phase. So I like, I love that, because... The, the back and forth interaction of I do one thing, you do the other thing is cool because it's a little bit more tactical and you can kind of adjust and the turns are very quick. So I'm doing something you're doing. So you're, you're always involved. But the large scale, like I'm going to move my whole army, do all this stuff. The turns are going to take a while and you're sitting there waiting, you know, keep waiting 20 minutes for your turn. But you miss out when you get rid of that whole big scope thing. Uh, you kind of miss out on the larger arc of strategy. So the movement in like a large scale game like Age of Sigmar 40k is like the entire game for winning. So I was like, I got to move these guys here. These guys going to cover them. You're going to flank. So it's this big whole sort of complex thing. Well, this kind of retains that because you have the, the big movement. And you're only moving, you know, a handful of models, maybe a dozen models at tops. But you still have that larger epic scale strategy kind of feel where you can say, oh, I screwed that up by moving him over there. And then, you know, you have that back and forth. And then when you get into the turns, back and forth, shoot, 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 fight, fight. So it's still very interactive and involved. So it has a nice blend of all of that. Uh, it's got a lot of, you know, little tactics and special abilities and combos and stuff that you can figure out. So now the only reason this isn't number one, and I might have made this number one over my number one, is sort of the release uh, production schedule thing of it. So like I mentioned, I don't think that they're going to come out with a start set anymore. Which, so if you're trying to get into it now, it's like, okay, it might be a little bit complicated if you're completely new. You have to get the rule book and figure out which team you want to get. So you're going to go get this box and maybe go buy a terrain box or something. You don't need a lot of terrain, so it's not, it shouldn't be overwhelming in that. So you can get a terrain box for like 80 bucks 
and it's going to come with some stuff when you get the book. And so you're in for like 100, 130 bucks and you're in. But some of the special team boxes that come out with, they have like their own unique tactics cards, which, you know, depending on if you're in a tournament, it doesn't matter because they may not be allowed to match play or maybe your friend has the cards and you don't. You could just agree not to use those special cards. And then there's some other things like some of the leaders and commanders. You can get like a commander's expansion. So it gets a little, it can be a little confusing as a new player, like what to get. But the other hand, here's the other thing. That's just, that's just why it's not my number one. It's almost my number one because none of that stuff really matters because the base core book and the base team that you get, you get to throw together some terrain. You're going to in there and you're going to be getting it like 95% of the game. All those kind of extra widgets and in one-off kind of thematic cards and things that you can get, those, they don't matter. Because as a new player, you might think, well, I'm missing out on this. But you're not really missing out on anything. They're not required. I've never played with any of those special off one-off things. I do have some commanders and stuff. I got the commander expansion. But some of that one-off stuff, yeah, it's, it's not that important. I, don't, I wouldn't say you're like missing out on anything huge. But the perception is there that you're, you've got to go like chase these cards and stuff. And you do not have to whatsoever with this. It's not like X-Wing where you were going to have to buy models just to get a neutral card to use in your other army and stuff. It's not like that at all. Other than that, like very small critique, this might have been my number one for this category. Now, my number one, some of you probably guessed it because I babble and babble and babble about this game, is the new Age of Sigmar's uh, second edition Soul Wars box set specifically. Um, And specifically the box set. Uh, I would say if you want to play a large-scale miniatures game, the Age of Sigmar Soul Soul Wars box set is like by far the best release. I've only been doing this for a couple of years with miniatures, so there might be some old one that's really good. This is the best release I've seen from Games Workshop or anybody. Because you're going to get two quote-unquote 1,000-point armies. You're going to get the Nighthawk and the Stormcast. They have points within the box so that you can sort of point them against each other. So you could play a little 500-point battle, a 1,000-point battle there with just that. You forget all the new general handbook and all those other points that are in there. It has like a few dozen, uh, maybe a dozen plus 6, 18, maybe like 20 different scenarios. So if you and a friend got this, and you, you built them, you painted them up and all that stuff, you don't have to paint them, whatever. And then you get in there, you're going to have so much replayability. There's like match play, like balance missions. There's narrative fun missions. There's all this stuff. It has like different realm abilities and allegiance abilities. So you can kind of slowly add in some of those more complex uh, aspects to the game. Uh, just You can just get the box and you could just, just get that box. So from like the board gamer mentality of like, I want a box, just everything in the box. I don't have to go like chase expansions and extra units. and all. I want a self-contained experience. You can 100% do that with this Soul Wars box set. And the models are amazing. They're a little bit tricky to put together before you run out and buy it. So they have what's called push to fit, which most of the time seems to work with the Games Workshop products. In this case, there's a small thing. So if if you do get this, if you do get this, there's going to be little pegs in there that sort of join or push into a hole on the other side of the miniature that you're trying to put together. Cut those pegs off just a little bit and you're going to be just fine. So other than that very small thing, this is 100% kind of the best sort of intro to a large scale uh, game like this uh, that's out there. And I 100% recommend it because it's really fun. Age of Sigmar is a fantastic system. Uh, it's probably at this point my favorite kind of miniatures 
uh, system overall, just for all the different ways that you can play it. And I, I mean, it's it's a great deal to get, you know, compare the price of getting the Soul Wars box set to like any of those Kickstarters and things that are out there. You get this and you're going to get tons and tons of uh, replay out of it. Okay, so that's the miniatures category. So we got two more categories. And the next one is going to be kind of your Euro strategy game. Uh, the honorable mention for that is going to be Root, which is a game I've really enjoyed. Uh, we've played it a f- several times at the game group. Uh, some of us more than others. I'm not one of the ones that's played it a bunch. Uh, but the group's really, really enjoyed it at game night. And, uh, and I've also really enjoyed it. Um, the reason, this is a, this was a very kind of tight year for all of this stuff, probably the tightest, just cause that's kind of my, that's kind of like my bread and butter. My DNA is kind of in that Euro stuff. Um, so definitely recommend Root. It has some slight learning curves, I would say, not un, 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 unrecoverable. And it's got some weird kind of balance issues that are kind of, kind of have to be mitigated by, uh, the players themselves. And so if you have somebody experienced, they should hopefully kind of help players along with that that kind of idea, but it's a very, very fun, innovative, uh, new and fresh design. So the next one, which would be like the number three of the other honorable mention is, has a similar theme because it's anthropomorphic, uh, animals. And this is Everdell. And this is sort of a, uh, card game style, <clears throat> uh, game. So, <laughs> sorry. It's uh, it's like Imperial Settlers or 51st State or maybe Race for the Galaxy, although not as complex as those. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you're playing animal cards in front of you and there's like, you're building buildings and putting worker cards in there, collecting resources, that kind of thing. It's very kind of, you know, you've, you've seen this before in Euro games. Uh, it's got some very interesting ways that it kind of paces the game out. And, uh, you know, like the rounds aren't quite as even. So go check out the video review for, I don't want to get mired in mechanics. Cause that's one thing with these Euros is like, I can talk for a long time about all the mechanics. Uh, but it's very cool. Very interesting. The pacing's different. So the mechanics themselves are not really that new, but just kind of the way the flow and the pace of the thing works is, uh, is very, very, very interesting. And it's very accessible. I played this with the family and the gamer group, and uh, most everybody has liked it. So my number two, though, this is a newer one. This is uh, Forum Trajanum or Trajanum. I think this one may not actually hit the United States. It's probably hitting it like right now. The release date's kind of come back and forth. Uh, but I've got it and I, I think it's out now. This is a, you can almost call this a 2019 release. Yeah. So anyway, I really like this game. Uh, this is a new Stefan Feld game. Uh, it is fantastic. It's kind of, to me, a return to form of some of his older games. It's got a lot of things to kind of pick apart. I just did a review of it. I think last week or the week before, uh, go take a look at that review. There's a few other reviews that are starting to trickle out now. Take a look at one of those two as well. Um, Really interesting mechanic. The, the basic core of the game is dead simple. You draw two tiles, look at one, pass the other, you get the other from your neighbor on the left, choose the tile, which just allows you to collect some kind of resource, and then you build a building, and that's it. But then there's like 40 layers of scoring on all of those decisions. So I love that. Um, there's a lot of like mitigating things you can do. You can get things that like draw different tiles or get extra resources out of the tiles and things like that. Uh, but I highly recommend this. Another one, it's very mechanic. This is very abstract. There's not really any theme to it at all. I, I don't know. It's failed. He gets kind of a bad rap with some of it. Like, there's there's a little trickle of theme into his games. Whatever. Fight me about it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think there's like a tiny layer of them, like completely themeless. Uh, it's a little bit there. So, Form Trajanum, I, I definitely recommend uh, that game for sure. 
So the number one here, and frankly, this is this is kind of the clear winner in this particular category. The other categories have been close. Uh, this is uh, well, this is the box for Lancashire, um, but I have both games in here: Brass Birmingham and Brass Lancashire. I just like this cover better, uh, so I have both editions. But specifically, Brass Birmingham is the edition that uh, that I put at the top. Uh, it's a new edition of Brass. They just released Lancashire, which is basically the old version with some very small rules tweaks. And then Brass Birmingham, which is the one that I want to highlight, is a new map, you know, a bunch of new rules and stuff like that. I did a review for it. I highly recommend uh, Brass Birmingham. If you like Euros, if you've liked Brass or Asia Industry, or you like uh, some of the more old school Euros, we're a little bit more about like economics and things like that. Yeah, this is one of those, I'm just, I would just talk probably a long time about mechanics and be kind of boring, but this is a very cool, tense, kind of fun, capitalist exploitation theme economy game. Super fun. Looks gorgeous. The new edition is just fantastic looking. Um, so anyway, I highly recommend Brass Birmingham. So just to kind of do a quick recap, I'm going to forget the honorable mentions. So we've got Just One Encrypted. That's in the top 10. We've got The Mind and Warhammer Champions. That's in the top 10. We've got uh, Kill Team and then Age of Sigmar Soul Wars. That's in the top 10. And we've got Forum Trajanum and Brass Birmingham in the top 10. And I know a couple of you are like, you want me to always do a top 10? Because I get emails. What would you give, What would you actually be your top 10 from this? So I'm giving you that now. I'm not going to give you the order though because I'm a stinker. <laughs> so those are the top 10. And then we're going to have these next two. One of them is going to be the number one. So people that build those geek lists to like score them and stuff, figure it out. <laughs> so now we're in the, t- the top category. The top game of this category will be the giveaway game. And this is kind of like, I call it a Meritrash. A lot of people call it a Meritrash. Um, just come up with some other dumb words for it. <laughs> um, uh, I like to call it like the Hollywood blockbuster theme. Because I know Meritrash, I guess it sounds offensive, but I'm an American. So it's like... Not that offensive. It's a, it's a word. Um, so, this is like your Hollywood blockbuster, summer blockbuster, smash in the face. You know, usually you're fighting each other, killing each other, or you're wrecking the place. Uh, you know, you may not be fighting each other, but you might just be, there might just be pulpy kind of themes and stuff. So, very like Hollywood style mer- summer blockbuster things. Whatever. I'm trash. So, the honorable mention here is Rising Sun. And this... I love this game. Like this is maybe the tightest category. Yes, this is definitely the tightest category. So Rising Sun easily could jump up into the top ten. You know, with all these other games, really enjoy this game. Uh, it's it's kind of like the sequel to Blood Rage, the spiritual or successor to Blood Rage, and so on. Really enjoy it. Uh, got a cool kind of riff on all all the diplomacy stuff. Uh, definitely take a look at that. Um, so then the next one here. This is kind of what iced out. Uh, Rising Sun. This is uh, Lords of Hellas. Uh, this is another Awakened Realms game. I talked about the Edge as an honorable mention earlier. This is, I think, my favorite dudes on the map style game. So it's weird ancient Greece, but with futuristic technology. And it has a slight, very thin layer of like a civilization style game vibe on it. Because you kind of, you build up your troops and your cities and there's not like a technology tree or anything, you know, it doesn't get too in depth in that way, but you have like a little superhero kind of Greek character running around doing quests and then helping out your, your guys and everything. 
and you're trying to build these different monuments to the gods and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. Some of the mechanics they've chosen here are very, very smart, uh, very in that Euro vibe of little tricksy, tricksy mechanisms to play. Really love this game. So this is another one. Yeah, it would be in the top 10, but these next two games, they're just, I mean, I don't, I feel like, because I, I don't want it to like, to poop on Lords of Hellas. I mean, I'm like, okay, this, this game is so good. We've, you know, we've been playing it. So, but forget it. I'm not sentimental. <laughs> this next one's kind of heavy, so give me a break. All right. Hopefully I didn't jack the mic up there. Uh, Thunderstone Quest. Ooh, this game is a fantastic. You know what? I hated Thunderstone when I first played it. Well, I hate Strong. I did not like it. <laughs> I did not. I would rather play Dominion. I was like, this is not better than Dominion. This is Why does this exist? And, you know, I would play other games like Ascension and other deck building games back then. And I was like, this Thunderstone is so boring. This is, this is amazing. Thunderstone Quest just like takes the same core engine, adds on these cool boards and the way that you explore and move through the dungeon and go to the village. And it's even got a campaign that goes through it. And you can keep cards in your deck from, you know, the previous missions and just the cool little like side quests. And you have these different guilds that you can belong to. It's just so thematic. It like now it's like, yeah, this is all this extra thematic stuff. And sometimes I think games just, in some cases, they have to take some time to bake. And so this would not exist without that initial Thunderstone that came out back in, what was it, 2010 or 11? It would not have existed. And we wouldn't have, this needed that extra development time. This game is so fun. Like I highly recommend, this is one of those that I think uh, most game groups should be able to get into because the deck building is very solid. So if you like that kind of deck building, the strategic part of that, then you're going to get into that. If you like kind of the thematic stuff, the dungeon crawl stuff, you're going to get into that. Uh, it's got a lot of kind of plug and play modules and things that you can use. Uh, it's got the campaign that you can do. You can just do them as one shots or whatever. There's a lot of variety here, a lot of different heroes you can use all in the main core box there. Uh, so this is a high recommendation to me. And for a while, this is, I was like, yeah, this is definitely my game of the year, uh, 100%. Uh, you know, this one, Brass Birmingham, Lords of Hells was even floating up there, Cryptid. You know, all of those kind of floated up there, the Age of Sigmar Soul Wars box set. So this is definitely in that running. So the number one game, if I can reach it, of the year and of this category is Warhammer's Quest uh, Blackstone Fortress. And so... Uh, this is the game I'm giving away. So if you want to leave a comment, that's all you got to do. Just leave a comment below on the YouTube video. Uh, then you're entered. And I'll figure it out. So uh, this game, it's just it's accelerated. It's a new game. Uh, so it just come out and within the last month. Uh, it's had used a similar system to the old Warhammer quests from a couple years ago. Silver Tower and Shadows Over Hammerhall. And, uh, but it really accelerates that design and does something that this is the main takeaway for why it's the number one game of the year for me is there is a threat of actually losing the campaign because you it's meant to be played through a campaign and you're going to play probably about a dozen sessions that's going to kind of vary if you if you want a lot of details i did a video review of it uh but you're you're kind of pushing your luck diving through this blackstone fortress this giant humongous unbelievably large spaceship and trying to get these clues to uncover this kind of hidden vault final chamber to kind of get at the sort of secret of the spaceship and all that stuff. But the game can be very brutal 
and you can have just people die, and if they die, they die, and they're out. So when players are playing, they don't really like say, hey, I'm going to pick uh, Escarno or Janice, and that's going to be my character. Well, they might die, friend. And so what you should do is like not get attached, and then if your character dies, you just go and grab from the pool of eight, and then you play with that one. So you play it from the mentality of a group, not as this is my character and I'm doing this, because people are somebody's going to die, somebody's going to lose a character definitely at some point during the campaign. Um, so you kind of play through that, and you always play with the four characters, and then uh, but every time you kind of go through these long expeditions, which could be long, maybe like one to three hours, uh, you're going to like flip a card out of this legacy deck, and that's a timer. So if you don't go through all the strongholds and the hidden vaults and all the quests and things by the end of that, or you lose too many people die, then you lose the campaign. But it has all these cool envelopes and things you can just put stuff in. So it, it's, I mean, it's like, they don't advertise it as a legacy game, but it's kind of like a legacy game, except you don't destroy anything. So it has all these different envelopes to put stuff in, basically. So if you want to pause your adventure, like it's taking too long, it's like, hey guys, we could do another card out of this, exploration card out of this deck, but we got to go in like 20 minutes. So you just pause it, put all the decks in its own like stasis chamber, it's an envelope, Put all the characters in their stasis chambers and stuff. And there's like this whole town phase where you can go back out to this like uh, port, you know, place. This sort of, uh, uh, it's like a bazaar. You know, it's a space bazaar with all these crazy characters. So you can go make trades and deals in there. And then you can just pause it and then put all the stuff in the envelope and away you go. And like I said, it the whole campaign, the fact that you can lose campaign and the fact that campaign is brutal really make the game. Because if you have somebody that's like about to go down or they die, it's like, well, I guess we should have left <laughs> and then went back up and, you know, kind of healed up our wounds and got some new item cards. But every time you do that, you flip a card out of the Legacy deck. So there's that timer. Tick, 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 tick. And uh, so you, it's that balance of that and that sort of momentous pressure of the whole campaign just weighing on you uh, is it's cool. You don't really have that. Like a lot of these other dungeon crawl games you just you go through the campaign oh he died big deal moving along you know so it's it just i love that and it's it's a 40k thing right so it's like it should be like this is not a friendly place so it just it exudes that so anyway this is the the game that uh will be given away and uh probably get it for a miniature market and send it to you so expect it from that, just leave a comment, and then I think in sometime by towards the end of the year, before the end of the year, uh, I will uh, I'll, I'll notify the winner and announce the winner and all that stuff. So that's been my top twenty, sort of top ten games. Uh, I do want to mention five quick honorable mentions that I've had a chance to play, um, but they're not. I thought they were coming out this year, but none of these I think are. Uh, the first one is Underwater Cities. This is coming out from Rio Grande, where I live. It's been now pretty well released over in Europe, but I, you can't find it over here. Uh, really fun, kind of terraforming Mars-style card game with worker placement. That's Underwater Cities. Uh, really fun game. Uh, next one is Time of Legends, Joan of Arc. And this is coming out from uh, Myth Games. And uh, this is fantastic. I'm really excited. This might be the one I'm most excited to play more of this year. Should have the Kickstarter stuff coming at some point. I think probably in summer. Uh, really fun, very small scale, uh, like small as in like it's like ten or fifteen millimeter miniatures, uh, kind of epic thing uh, with lots of narrative and stuff. Really take a look at this game. Hopefully it'll be out, uh, you know, released in some other fashion except for Kickstarter backers. Uh, so you can find it in stores. I hope because it was really fun. I had a chance to play it. 
Uh, Victorian Masterminds is from coming out from CMON. That's coming out real soon. I actually have a copy of it. Uh, but it's definitely not being released until 2019. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's a very fresh game. Eric Lang and Antoine Bauza. Uh, Antoine Bauza from uh, Seven Wonders and, of course, Rising Sun and things. Uh, co-design. Really cool. Whimsical, fun game. I think it's going to be a good family and gamer game kind of thing. So that's really cool. Uh, Comanauts from Platt Games. That's a fantastic uh, system. Uh, they had a, another system like this that was for kids. Oh, gosh, I'm spacing on the name of it. So it's like an adventure book, and you actually like place things on the book and move around, and you're trying to sort of figure out sort of this uh, psychological trauma of this uh, character. And there's like this new sort of matrixy technology where you kind of adapt your sort of personalities towards the thing. It's really kind of bizarre, but it's, it's, it was a lot of fun when I played it. Um, and then the other one was Vault of Dragons. Uh, that was that got kind of delayed. That's coming from Gale Force Nine. It's kind of like Sons of Anarchy, uh, which if you played that game, it's really fun. Uh, but in the D and D universe, and I thought that was really cool. I just had a demo of it, but I was really excited by it. So that's just kind of five to kind of watch out for for 2019. Um, anyway, that's the video. Um, thanks for putting up with me this year. <laughs> if you have put up with me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I had a good year, and uh, I'm looking to have a more fun ne- next year. I've um, been, uh, you know, whatever, I was kind of up and down with the whole video thing earlier in the year. I'm definitely much more relaxed about it now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Um, i just more chill with this whole thing now. Like, you know, I don't know how to explain. If you listen to my podcast and, you know, and stuff like that, you probably kind of get it. And, uh, you know, I kind of existential... Crisis. I think I'm making more of a big deal out of it than I, I should. But anyway, so I'm in a good spot with the whole video thing. And those of you that have been watching me for years or that are new, you know, I appreciate all the good feedback and everything. And, uh, you know, and uh, I know like some of you I haven't interacted with as much, you know, that some of the old school people, I guess. Um, uh, thinking Andy and Keith. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just good to see. When I do see comments from you guys and everybody, it's just good to see. I know some, I do get some comments sometimes about like, hey, since you like miniatures game now, I'm not sure I can trust your opinion on Euro games, which drives me crazy. <laughs> but anyway, please don't think that. I mean, you know, if, if we disagree on, like I review a game I like or don't like and you're on the other side, yeah, all right, that's just going to happen. But like, I've gotten more than a few comments about that. Like, well, since you're doing miniature games, I don't, I don't think that you really have I mean I'm, this is serious like I can't believe I'm saying this out loud like I can't believe people think like that um, but I've gotten more than I can count on two hands the number of comments that are like hey yeah you know I was gonna um, gonna have you review this game but you administer these games now and it's like I don't, are you joking like what are you kidding me <laughs> what does that matter like I'm broadening my gaming horizons here buddy um, anyway that's it's not really negative it's just like I just kind of put that out there because I'm like you guys, do people think like this? Is that what's going on? It's so weird. But back to my initial point, I'm just at a great place with this because of all these different games that I'm playing, doing the Battle Report videos. You're going to see more of those in the coming year. You're still going to see the reviews. The podcasts are a great outlet for just kind of doing a catch-all. Uh, so definitely check out the podcast if you want. Uh, there, they go on YouTube and they go on the audio. But uh, anyway, I just want to be be thankful to everybody that uh, you know leaves good feedback and constructive feedback, 
and uh, and just people I've run to conventions over the year. Um, I just enjoy it. This is honestly this this is for me. Just doing this the videos and stuff. I'm just being honest with you because it's not my job. I'm trying to make a, a job out of this. This is just for me. This is this is another part of my hobby. My hobby is going to my friend's house and playing games there, or to my playing games with my family or whatever, going to the store. That's a hobby too. Making the videos is a hobby. It's just fun for me. It's an outlet because I'm just a dork and I want to talk about games more than people at the game store and the game night want to hear about it. They're like, oh, what? Shut up. <laughs> so this is why the camera's there. So I can just be a dork. And it's just a good outlet and it's a good process and the battle report videos are a good creative process because I'm just playing with camera angles and equipment and stuff. And it's just, that's all it is. So I'm in a good spot with it and I do appreciate all the good feedback over the last year and the years and I'm just in a good spot. So I know earlier in the year I was kind of a crybaby about things. I kind of apologize, but I mean I meant what I said. And uh, take care of yourself. I love you guys. All of you. Okay. Thank you.